0: Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadhigora Bhakta Vrinda Jaya जय ब्राह्मपाद 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 जय जय ब्राह्मपाद जयं विष्णु पाद प्रमाण से परिचय कचार्य स्तोत्र शत श्री श्रीमाद अभाई चनार भक्ति वेदांत जय मिश्रपाद परमहंस परिजन कचारियस्तु दर्शन स्तुतिश्रीमत भक्ति सिद्धांत Thakur, ठाकुर श्रीपोपादेकी ग्रंथों आचमित भागवताम की जय निताई गौर So, reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 7, Chapter 10, Prahlad, the best among exalted devotees, verse 6. Aham twa akamas tvat bhaktas, tvamcha swamya napasraya, nanyatehavayor artho, raja seva kayo raja seva Aham-tva-akāmas-tvad-bhaktas Aham-tva-akāmas-tvad-bhaktas Tvamcha-svāmya-napāśraya Tvamcha Tvamcha napasraya artho raja seva kayo Aham tus <laughs> bhaktas. <laughs> Dvamcha swamya napasraya. Dvamcha swamya napasraya. Nanya ye thava yo rato. Nanya ye thava yo rato. Raja seva kayo riva. bhaktas. <laughs> Amhidhvam bhaktas. Você As far as I am concerned, concerned. to indeed a kama without material desire, twat Bhakta fully, fully attached to you without, without motivation, twamcha your lordship also, your lordship. swami Thvamcha. the real master, anapashrayaha. Without motivation, you do not become the master without motivation, with motivation. Na, no, not. Anyatha, without being in such a relationship as master and servant. Iha, here. yo, our. Artha, any motivation. motivation. The Lord is the pure master. master. And Prahlad Maharaj Maharaj is the pure devotee devotee. with no materialistic motivation. motivation. Raja Raja. of a king, king. Sevakayo Sevakayo. and the servitor, servitor. Iva-like. Just as a king exacts taxes for the benefit of the servant, or the citizens pay taxes for the benefit of the king. Translation O oh my Lord, I, ha- I am your unmotivated servant, and you are my eternal master. There is no need of our being anything other than master and servant. You are naturally my master, and I am naturally your servant. We have no other relationship. Purport. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Jivera Hai Krishnaira Nityadas. Every living being is eternally a servant of the Supreme Lord, Krishna. Lord Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Bhaktaram in chapter five, verse 29. Bhaktaram yagita pasam Sarvaloka Maheshwaram. I'm the proprietor of all planets and I'm the supreme enjoyer. This is the natural position of the Lord and the natural position of the living being is to surrender unto him. Sarva dharman parityajya mam ekam sharanam raja. If this relationship continues, then real happiness exists eternally between the master and servant. Unfortunately, when this eternal relationship is disturbed, the living entity wants to become separately happy and thinks that he, the master, is his order supplier. In this way, there cannot be happiness, nor should the master cater to the desires of the servant. If he does, he is not the real master. The real master commands, you must do this, and the real servant immediately obeys the order. Unless this relationship between the Supreme Lord and the subordinate living entity is established, there can be no real happiness. The living entity is ashraya, always subordinate, and the Supreme Personality of Godhead is vishaya, the supreme objective, the goal of life. Unfortunate persons trapped in this material world do not know this. (inaudible) Nata vidu hi vishnum, illusioned by the material energy, Everyone in this material world is unaware that the only aim of life is to approach Lord Vishnu. Aradhananam sarvesham, Vishnur aradhanam param, parataram devi, tadiyanam samarchanam. In the Padma Purana, Lord Shiva explains to his wife Parvati, the goddess Durga, that the highest goal of life is to satisfy Lord Vishnu, who can be satisfied only when his servant is satisfied. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu therefore teaches, One must become a servant of the servant. Prahlad Maharaj also prayed to Lord Narasimha Dev that he might be engaged as the servant of the Lord's servant. This is, prescribed, this is the prescribed method for, of devotional service. As soon as a devotee wants the Supreme Personality of Godhead to be his order supplier, the Lord immediately refuses to become the master of such a motivated devotee. In Bhagavad Gita, chapter 4, verse 11, the Lord says, As, as one surrenders unto me, I reward him accordingly. Materialistic persons are generally inclined to material, material profits. As long as one continues in such an adulterated position, He does not receive the benefit of returning home back to Godhead. It's a real nice verse and the purport. And I'll just read the translation once again. Oh, my Lord, I'm your unmotivated servant, and you are my eternal master. There is no need of our being anything other than master and servant. You are naturally my master, and I'm naturally your servant. We have no other relationship. Oma jnana Timirandasya Jnana Janashalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shrivasati Gaur Bhakta Okay, so, last chapter is where Prahlad Maharaj had all his prayers to pacify Narasimha Dev. And, um, in this, and, and towards the end, when Lord is pleased and is asking, offering his benedictions, and um, here, in response to those benedictions, this is the mood that we can see of Prahlad Maharaj in this verse, where he's saying that, actually bring it up here, that I'm your unmotivated servant and you are my eternal master and there's no need of being anything other than this relationship of master and servant. And Prahlad Maharaj is completely unmotivated. He's serving not to gain anything, but he's serving because that's his natural position as a servant. Prabhupada is aptly quoting the verse, the jiva-swarupahaya ra nityadas that actually is the natural position, the eternal position of every living entity that he or she is a servant of the Supreme Lord. Now, in the material world, no one aspires to be a servant, right? It's not a very glorious position to be a servant. Everyone wants to be the master. Everyone wants to be the great, you know, in the company, in a working position, you want to be the CEO, or the director, or like a great manager, departmental head. You don't want to be just an ordinary admin, or just a regular employee. You know, that's not considered to be very high profile. You know, the parents when, they, when they're teaching, they're encouraging children to study, they're not saying that, oh, you should study so you become great servant when you grow up. No. The goal is you become a great doctor, great lawyer, engineer, you know, take great positions, high positions. So not not to become a servant, that's that's not considered to be very high. And so this verse is explaining that actually our position is that we are servant. That's it, servant of the Lord. Now, we can see in the material world that our desire we have the desire and we have the nature to enjoy but to enjoy we must be able to control so unless we are able to control unless we are able to become the masters we cannot really enjoy our our so depending on depending on our sphere of influence or control we are going to be able to enjoy so if your if your sphere is very limited to only one or two people in the family then your enjoyment is also somewhat limited according to the material calculations. But if you are able to control the whole department in the company, then you are considered to be a greater controller and therefore a greater enjoyer. If your if sphere of control or influence is even bigger, you can control the whole company or you can control the whole town or country, that's considered to be very, very great. That means you are you're a great enjoyer. No? So in that way, <clears throat> the, the, the comparison, or this equivalence you know, of how much you can control is how much you are able to enjoy. And um, there are different ways how we also like to control, you know the, 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 the men have their way of controlling, you know by having a physique they able to, they like to show off. Um, women will have their way of controlling and uh, father has his way of controlling. The children has their way of controlling the parents. So in that way, everyone wants to control somehow because after all, to enjoy, one must be able to control. But <clears throat> to, be, to be able to control or to qualify to get to that position is not easy one has to work quite a lot to become a master to be qualified to then be able to control others to smaller or larger extent there's a lot of effort involved to get there and there is a greater work involved to maintain that status you know once you get to that position where you are able to control Now there is a a greater, there is more work and then there is also this constant fear that someone else might come and take over the position. So there is, you have to always prove yourself that you are the best for this position, that you are doing the best. And in that way, of course, there is no peace of mind in the material status and of course without peace. There is no happiness. <clears throat> so sometimes, devotees, sometimes devotees might think that Krishna consciousness is very hard, but such material enjoyment is even harder. To be able to control or to be able to enjoy is even more hard. And we can, we can only imagine those people who are living this material lifestyle without any Krishna consciousness. It's such a drag. It's a lot of effort. Now, as devotees, we might have that mentality that, you know, we can understand that in Krishna consciousness, there is happiness. There is no doubt about that, but there are other things that we can do also that will get us some happiness, some satisfaction. In that way, we don't have to become like fully uh, subservient to Krishna or his desire. We don't have to become fully surrendered to the devotional service. We can do devotional service, and we know that that will make us happy. And then there are many other things also; they are not too bad. They will also make us give us some happiness, some satisfaction. And so, therefore, we try to always juggle. But in that way, again, this that that kind of an that kind of a Half, uh, half-hearted devotional service is again, is not what Prahlad Maharaj is explaining here. And in, in the purport, Prabhupada explains that when this, this uh, eternal relationship of master and servant, when that is disturbed, then the living entity tries to separately become happy and becomes a master, tries to become the master. <clears throat> and he hopes that Krishna or God becomes this order supplier. So instead of uh, acknowledging this relationship of master and servant with the Lord, a conditioned living entity tries to enjoy in this world and hopes that Krishna will provide for my needs. And that way I'll be able to enjoy in this material world. And the mentality is that I'm serving God, I'm going there, I'm going to temple once in a month or once in a year, and I am putting something in the hundi, I sometimes hear or chant the names of God. So now, God must provide for what I need. So, Prahlad Maharaj is uh, very strongly actually rejecting and, and criticizing such mentality, the mentality of a merchant. The mentality where the where I give something to the Lord and then Lord should give something back to me. So it's an exchange. And in that exchange, <coughs> I have done my little bit, now Lord has to do his little bit. And then it's a, then that's an exchange. But such kind of a mentality is not approved by Prahlad Maharaj here. He's saying that, no, he said, I'm serving, because that's my position he said. I'm, I'm your servant and I'm eternally your servant and you are my eternal master. So there is, is, you're naturally my master, I'm naturally your servant and there is no need of being anything other than that. <coughs> As a servant, <coughs> one should be simply serving with no expectation or personal expectation Therefore, Rupa Goswami says, Anya shunyam. is Shunyam. There is no other Abhilasha, there is no other desire for one's personal satisfaction. Actually, the only aim is to serve the Lord. So the mundane mentality is that, um, that there is the whole purpose of any service in the material world. Is that we are serving with the expectation that something will, we will receive something in return. That a lot of time people say that I love my job. The question is, would you still work if the employer didn't pay you? No. So even though they love the job, they love the remuneration more. Correct? No, no money, no talk. I'm gone. So. <clears throat> Same thing also in the relationship, often the relationship of, uh, of any kinds. The whole purpose of that relationship is, Prabhupada used to say, that you scratch my back and I scratch your back. The moment you don't scratch mine, I don't scratch yours. You know, it's, it's all about what I can get from you. But such mentality, there is, there is no real love. And therefore, Prabhupada is, is, is pointing out here, that such relationship, in such relationship, as soon as that, that relationship is interrupted between the master and the servant, where we understand that Lord is the master and that we are the servant, as soon as that mentality is interrupted, then there is no happiness. Because then we are separately trying to enjoy. And also it's explained here, actually it's from the previous verse. Prabhupada is quoting that in yesterday's verse where it was mentioned that the um, the demigods are the masters who are obliged to provide for the service from the servants. When the living entity, conditioned living entities, when they worship the demigods, the demigods are obliged to reciprocate. Because after all, they need to hold their positions. And And Prabhupada, explaining, Prabhupada explains that, to maintain the position, they must reciprocate. Otherwise, they'll end up losing their position. But for Lord, for Krishna, it's not like that. Our Krishna doesn't necessarily give what we ask for. Krishna gives us what we need. And um, a lot of time, actually, we, when we pray for something or we ask for something, actually, we ourselves don't know what's good for us. Right? We ask for something, and then few, day, few days later, we realized that, that maybe that was not a good idea to ask, maybe I should be rather asking these. And then we realized that, oh, maybe that's not a good idea, I should ask for something, something like this. And so we are constantly changing, we can't really make up our minds to what we want. We want, we, one day we want something and then soon we realize that that's not a very good idea and then we try to ask for something else. <coughs> But Krishna knows what is good for us. And so therefore, he's a real master because, as Prabhupada is explaining here, nor should the master cater the desires of the servant. Servant doesn't always know what he needs, but the master knows. So there's this, this story that Prabhupada tells that, there was this old lady who was walking through the forest, and she had a very heavy load of wood on her shoulder. And as she was walking, she trampled over and all the log on her shoulder fell off. And so because it was such a heavy load and she was somehow trying to balance it, now it's fallen onto the ground. To pick it up, it's very hard. And she's crying desperately and she's praying, Lord, please help. And so to see her desperate prayer, Krishna himself comes to this lady, and says, you're crying so desperately, how can I help you? The lady says, oh, I was walking, and I had this heavy load, and I dropped my wood. He said, now, can you please help me to put this wood back in my shoulder? And so, Prabhupada Prabhupada, Prabhupada laughs at it, and Prabhupada says that, look at this foolish lady. (laughs) She could have just asked... For liberation, she could have asked to transport the wood to the other end. No. She puts the wood back on her shoulder. She doesn't actually know what is good for her. And that is our situation also. We when we ask for some material benefits for our service in Krishna consciousness. We do some service, we try to observe some vows, and then we have the desire or we we have that prayer that I hope Krishna fulfills such and such of my desire so I can benefit in such and such ways and that is quite often not very intelligent because Krishna knows what is best for us and and Krishna is certainly able to give us what is best for us and so a devotee is always just happy to do the service with no expectations in return so So what's the proper relationship between the master and servant? Prabhupada very nicely mentions in the purport. He says, the real master commands, you must do this. And the real servant immediately obeys the order. So, of course, when we hear this, you know, we might have that that, uh, hesitation that, you know, how can you just follow the instruction? You know, how can you just follow the command? You know, it, it, we might find it a little hard to follow such instruction, but we have to understand that the Krishna's commands or, or His representatives, His devotees, spiritual masters, when they instruct, they're not some kind of an exploitative, some control freaks, you know, who just trying, somehow trying to um, fulfill their own personal agendas by giving the instructions no actually these instructions are meant to help the conditioned souls come out of the illusion to find the real happiness sometimes our be- our our um, ego might be very big and so therefore the devotees might find it hard to instruct us because um, because we wouldn't take it so therefore they can't they can't really fully take the role of a master to say that you must do this. No, so therefore they have to somehow sugarcoat it. They have to glorify us. Somehow they have to justify their instructions to somehow then help us come out of our illusion. <coughs> but actually this is, this is the real master. A real master is that one who is, who, is, who is going to instruct the conditioned living entity to come out of the illusion. And one who is a real servant is able to follow such instructions without any hesitation. So, um, I, I, can't, I can't really remember the reference to it, but there is this there is also in the, one of the verses in the Bhagavatam where. Um, where Prabhupada also, Prabhupada mentions the same point, uh, I think it was kardama Muni instructing Devahuti and um, that, uh, basically where it mentioned that the dependent or the dis- disciple should be able to take the instructions of the master or the spiritual master without any hesitation. So. And it's the attitude of the servant that actually um, gives liberty to the master to be able to act in that position where they're able to instruct without any hesitation. So, <clears throat> if the attitude, if the servant's attitude, if the devotee's attitude, if our attitude is not very humble or obedient, then of course the spiritual master or the mentors, or devotees, senior devotees, they'll be hesitant to instruct us. And uh, that's that's a very dangerous position because if they're not able to instruct us out of our illusion, then um, we probably end up staying there for a long time until we learn the lesson hard way. So it's better to have the right attitude of the servant so that the real master is able to command us in the service. And Prabhupada continues in, that, in the same line. Is that unless this relationship between the Supreme Lord and the subordinate living entity is established, there can be no real happiness. Because of course, without this relationship and without following this instruction, if we don't have the instructions or the commands of the Master, of the Spiritual Master or Krishna, then we are acting on our mental whims of what we think is good for us, or what we have heard or what we have seen. our interpretation of life and happiness is, we will act on that platform. But then that is very risky. So such speculative path with no guidance from devotees cannot really lead to happiness. So then Prabhupada explains, what is the real self-interest? Who knows what the real self-interest is? How do we know that what is good for us? Actually, Prabhupada explains here that, that, the, that the real self-interest is in serving Vishnu, in satisfying Krishna. And how do we satisfy Krishna? It's a nice verse that's quoted in the purport from Padma Purana, which says, Aradhanam Sarveshanam, Vishnum Aradhanam Param. Vishnu's Aradhana is Param, is the Supreme. But then there is something that is superior than the Aradhana of Vishnu, and that is, tadiyanam samarchanam is the devotees of the Lord service to them is higher than service of Vishnu and so therefore the way to please Krishna or satisfy Krishna is by satisfying his devotees and there is there is a very nice verse in the 10th canto 80 Chapter 41, verse 41. He says, <clears throat> It's a very nice verse. He says, This is, indeed is the duty of all the true disciples to repay the debt to the spiritual master by offering him with pure hearts their wealth and even their very lives. So, By serving the spiritual master, by serving our our mentors and our senior devotees, actually we are trying to satisfy them, and by satisfying them, actually we are satisfying Krishna. So this is the process that is explained here, and um, and so we are approaching um, the book marathon in two weeks' time. It's 14th, so 24th in 10 days' time, actually less than 2 weeks we are having uh, we have a book distribution marathon which is from 24th of november to 24th december is for 1 month and uh, and that marathon is, is, is a is a service to shri Prabhupada because uh, in the in the very early days of krishna consciousness the iskon movement where <clears throat> just before the christmas i think in in u.s in one of the one of the cities i can't remember the devotees they did a little they did like a little marathon mini marathon for three days where they stayed up for pretty much the whole day and whole night and like the whole temple went out and they distributed books and they ended, ended up distributing thousands of books and then they gave report to Prabhupada that um Just prior to Christmas, because it's a Christmas time, devotees are all going, or people are all going for shopping and the mood is very festive, the mood is to spend money, the mood is to like explore and and, and travel. And and so we did this mini marathon and we ended up distributing so many thousands of books and Prabhupada was very pleased and Prabhupada, Prabhupada approved of this and Prabhupada said, yes, this is very nice. And so eventually the three days became one week, became two weeks and eventually ended up becoming a month. So we have, uh, so yeah, so there's one month long marathon where that's uh, devotees, devotees go out and put extra effort in trying to distribute the books. And this is the way to serve Prabhupada and serve the whole parampara by distributing his books. and. Um, there are, there are many, many instructions and many places where Prabhupada mentioned that, that the devotees, that he wants devotees to read his books and he wants devotees to distribute his books. And uh, actually it was interesting because Bhaktisiddhanta Sahaja Thakur, you know, Prabhupada didn't have a lot of inter- interaction or a lot of personal association with his Guru Maharaj. But one of the only times or one of the very few times that he had uh, association or personal association with Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasve Thakur is when Bhaktisiddhanta Prabhupada instructed him that, you know, if you have money, print books. You know, that's because that's the most important service. That's the most important activities, print books. So uh, Prabhupada took it to heart and Prabhupada wrote so many books and he wanted all these books to be distributed. And we can see how this is coming out, coming in parampara. Bhakti Vinod Thakur wanted these books to be distributed. Prabhupada wanted these books distributed. And we have all of our gurus in the society, in the movement now, all disciples of Prabhupada and followers of Prabhupada who are also instructing the same thing, that we need to distribute these books. And a lot of times we might think that, oh, I don't, like it, the book distribution is too difficult, I'm not really good at it, this is not my skill, or um, I'm too scared to go and face the people on the streets, Um, or that what's the point of distributing books when most of the people are not even going to read them, should I even be distributing them? So all these questions that we come up with, but actually we can see here, that actually none of these questions in one sense should matter to us so much. We can see how just falling into this through this the mood of this verse where the master is giving the instruction and the servant just does it without thinking about it too much. So as devotees we are happy to just serve and, and follow the instructions of Prabhupada. Prabhupada wanted these books to be distributed and this knowledge to be passed on. And so we are happy, we should be happy to be engaged in this service in any way. So actually there are many instances where, you know, this, just talking about this instruction, that, that, this verse where it's mentioned that the master commands that you must do this and the servant just obeys without questioning why, or why should I do this, or that I can't do this, or this is too difficult. No. So the master commands and the servant obeys. And that's a good mentality, especially uh, when, when it comes to following the instructions of the spiritual master. And um, we heard this story from Kesha Prabhu many times, but it's a very nice pastime. We're in the Mayapur in the long building where all the Prabhupada with all the devotees were in the in the roof of the building and one point Prabhupada stops and there are many disciples and Prabhupada looks at Tamal Krishna Maharaj and he says jump (laughs) from the building and Tamal Krishna Maharaj gets ready and he starts he he starts getting ready to jump and then Prabhupada says stop (laughs) but you know Maharaj didn't have this, Krishna I didn't have this question. Oh really, Prabhupada really wants it? Maybe what is his real meaning? Should I, does he want something else? Or is it too difficult? No, 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 he's ready. So he's ready to jump. He's ready to do whatever Prabhupada wants, you know. And, uh, and in, we, we know this very nice first time when the, when Prabhupada is traveling to the Delhi and uh, traveling to India. And then he stops at one of these train stations. And, uh, and he sees that, he finds out there's actually no temple, there's no devotees in this, in this town. And so he just looks at like, you, you and you, jump out now and open a center. And the devotees, they're all American bodied, have no idea, have first time to India, they don't have any money, nothing. So, jump out now, open the center. And the so devotees, okay, <laughs> quickly take the bags, jump down, and they literally have clothes for two, three days, and they have no money, they have nothing, and they start and they actually open a temple. <clears throat> so of course, with the with the instruction, with this command, also comes the mercy, and the devotees who who, who sincerely try to obey these commands get all the mercy of the spiritual master, and so therefore even though there may be some initial struggle, actually by, just by following these instructions, we are overcoming our, our anarthas, our limitations. Uh, we are overcoming our own natures of what our body has provided us, of what nature has provided us. We are actually overcoming all that. We are transcending that. And um, we are allowing ourselves to receive the mercy through these instructions by following it. So... So it's a great opportunity and, uh, and we can see that that opportunity is coming in the next few days. So we can prepare ourselves and we can somehow try and distribute these books. We have about 12 pallets of books coming, it's thousands and thousands of books are coming and um, there will not be any space to walk inside the storage. <laughs> so now we need them out. <clears throat> so there are many ways we can distribute these books. We can go out on the streets. For those devotees who are experienced or who have distributed books before, can focus on all demographics, can focus on, no need to focus on just one particular kinds of audience, but rather focus on everyone and try to give these books to all kinds of people, not just one kind or just any kind. We can focus and try to share this knowledge with everyone. We can... Um, we, we have many different kinds of services related to book distribution. So we have, there are many devotees that we need who can deliver the books in many different places. We are also starting a new um, project called Shastradan where we are going to take these books to many street libraries and libraries and hopefully try and get them to different motels, hotels. So there are many devotees that we need who can take the books there, we need devotees who can sponsor the books for them, we need the devotees who can design the posters and flyers, there are many things that we can do, coordinate, but somehow we want to do this service and we want to share this knowledge with as many people just following in the instructions of our spiritual masters and as a service to please them. And uh, also it's a very special day today. Just in the, in the line with understanding the mood of the devotee. What is, what is the mood of the devotee? It's always serving Krishna and serving his instructions. So this one of the highest devotees explained in the Bhagavatam is the Haridasa Varya. It's in Govardhan. It's um, in the 10th canto. Is explaining that um, that this govardhan is the is the highest of all the devotees so this is this is um the translation i want to read the verse of all the devotees this govardhan hill is the best oh my friends this hill supplies krishna and balaram along with their cows cows and cowherd friends with all kinds of necessities water for drinking very soft grass caves fruits flowers and vegetables In this way, the hill offers respects to the Lord, being touched by the lotus feet of Krishna and Balaram. Govardhan Hill appears very jubilant. So, it's a very special day. So we seek blessings of Govardhan. To be able to serve Krishna in a way that pleases him, and uh, serve our spiritual masters in a way that pleases them. And uh, give us the necessary strength and determination. So thank you very much. Karantharaj bhagavatam ki jai. If anyone has any questions or comments or corrections. Hare Krishna Prabhupada. thank you for the nice class prabhu you mentioned how our relationship with lord krishna is always as a master and a servant and we can understand that when we're doing service Prabhupada. but when we're doing chanting we uh, we are trying to we're begging for service at the same time we're trying to um, get a uh, make a relationship with lord krishna so would that be in dasya or would that be in friendship sakya So, Dasya is what is common among all the devotees, so it's not that the Sakhiya devotees don't have any Dasya. The friends of Krishna are also wanting to always serve Krishna, somehow or other. The parents also want to serve Krishna, somehow or other. The devotees, the gopis also want to serve Krishna in some way, in a way that will please Krishna. <clears throat> so in that way, all of them are seeking Dasya, all of them are seeking the service. That is common among all the devotees. So when we are chanting and when we are praying Krishna for service, that's 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 the right mood. That's the right mood for serving. And then in matter of time, we'll understand our our relationship with Krishna with more depth. But regardless of what is um, our our relationship with Krishna, Dasya, Sakya, Vasily, whatever. Regardless, our, our, our inherent relationship is what is mentioned here in this verse. Is that you are the master and I am the servant. And that there is no other relationship than that. Yeah. Thank you, Prabhupada. Thank you. And anything you want to add to? Okay. Thank you very much. Granth Rachimad Bhagavatam ki jai srira bhopad ki jai.